Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of QBT. I'm Maddie Germs. And I'm Shawnee. And we're two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, whatever the hell else we want. And we are back together again. We're reunited. Reunited. And it feels so good. Yes. Um, it feels all right. Oh. <laughs> Uh, today we're talking about uh, sort of a part two of our topic about adjustment disorder and dealing with stress. Um, we left on a cliffhanger. Yeah. If you didn't listen to part one, it's totally okay. Would love for you to go revisit it. That's more of the what, and this is the how. How do we deal with it? What do we do? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But first, we're going to talk some shit. You ready? Let's do it. Ooh. Trying to talk slick, all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> What's up, boo-boo? Howdy. Hello. Oh my god. I haven't seen your face in exactly two weeks. Well, like in real life. Yeah, because I saw you like right before you left. I don't know what I'm going to do when we don't live in the same place. We'll figure it out. We'll you fly to that. each other. We'll visit, you know. Can we just like fly to each other every Sunday and record? Well, redacted job well, pay for that <laughs> <laughs> no <Okay>. um <laughs> so no but we'll figure it out well i have a question for you it's kind of out of the blue but okay. it it was a uh it was a very like what's the word divisive divisive that's the sure. word divisive question earlier this week i want to know are Venix gay or straight okay <laughs> I personally see how they can be both. Mm. Um, and I think I'm going to lean. Hmm. Okay. Right. See? All right. Here's my answer. In the present, present day, they're straight. In 2021. In 2021, they're like, they're four straight people who have not had an evolved style since the early 2000s. Which is when I they feel, were gay. I think that they were a little bit gay, but what made them gay was also that even the straight movement, especially like the scene and emo sort of movement, those like straight people, that was a movement of a mm. sort of effeminacy. So like in that way, it's gay. And I think, you know, it's, but it's also like a very gym, like body showing, like it's about titties, right? right? Yeah, you get the cleavage. Right. So in that way, they're gay. But I think in the present moment, I think a gay wearing them is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I, they're not flattering. Really, even on people that have giant titties, like, they're just not that flattering. I have never seen a good V-neck, I don't think. No. No. And I mean, like, I feel like for, you know, it it feels like a more feminine presentation. Mm. So that's what sort of makes it gay. But I do think that there's also this, like, hyper-mask gym dude, yes. especially in the present, that still lives by the V-neck. Feels very Jersey Shore. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, thanks for answering that. Yeah. That's for intel was, for myself. What? Why uh, did you ask this question? <laughs> I personally was trying to figure out if somebody was gay or straight because they were wearing a V-neck. Oh. And they were, like, towing the line. I think it depends on their age. That, too. Well, yeah, they're, like, my age. So, I feel like straight. I feel like it. Well, that's unfortunate. I mean, there's also plenty of people who just, like, don't give a fuck about trends or what to wear so they wear whatever they want and maybe there's those people i mean i feel like i mean there are some people i think we all know this like that don't have a style that evolves they got a style especially men do this yeah they will have a style that occurs post high school and even sometimes in high school and then they just 
that is when they learned how to dress themselves and then they never learn again. They're like a cartoon character. Exactly. I, exactly. I don't know why I thought of Hey Arnold, but I was like, it's hey, very Arnold hey Arnold wore that same outfit every single episode. Absolutely. And that was a large shirt, right? I feel like it looked like it was a skirt he was always wearing. But no, really, it was a plaid it was shirt a plaid underneath shirt. a shirt. There you go. Yeah. But that was fashion back then and I didn't realize it. Yeah. Lesbian rights. <laughs> Um, let's get into and what about it? This is our pop culture, politics, music, etc. All things that are not um, strictly mental health. That's this is our yeah. other shit we want to talk our about section. All. Let's get into it. What's let's up see. for politics? What you got, girl? <laughs> the CDC has lost their minds. That's all I. That's how say. you feel. That's how I feel. Okay. Like this mask mandate. I mean. Which is what? That if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a you mask You don't have outside. to wear a mask, right. You don't have to wear a mask outside, around people you know, or even people that you're just like casually around. Yeah. Uh, but only if you've been double vaxxed up. But the issue with that is how you how is anybody going to enforce that? Well, like no one can enforce the other thing either. Right. So it's a, it was a suggestion to begin with. True. So this is just a new suggestion. I think the problem is is that people who aren't vaccinated are going to con- going to do this now because they see other people doing it and there's no way to hold up a sign that says like Republican or vaccinated. But I'm like at the same time I'm kind of like I don't know, it's outside. Like I mean, yeah, it's outside. I think about places like I don't know. Uh <laughs> Tropical, which is on like Sandy over here. Sure. <clears throat> Where, like, a bunch of people congregate to, like, eat and to, like, do whatever on a Friday night. And in the past, they all wore their masks. But I feel like now, you, people you just have to do wear what masks they want. to get in line. So I, I have been since this CDC mandate came out. Oh, God. Um, you, you're still wearing masks to get in line okay. and, like, to order and all that stuff. And then once you're at your table, you know. But honestly, I feel like this is what people have been doing anyway. This is just... I don't know. I think it's a. I don't think it's ridiculous. A vaccinated person doesn't have to wear their mask. Like, <laughs> like. I, I don't just, get it. I just. I feel like we should wear our mask for the rest of the year. And maybe that's just like a weird, <sighs> like not backed by science anything opinion. But it's I that. Think, and then I just think of all the people who have not been vaxxed that are just going to be like coughing in people's faces. Yeah. And just I, be like, oh well, like we don't have to wear a mask anymore. Totally. I'm, I'm vaccinated, even though they're not. I'm not saying it's not a slippery slope. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with that at all. I'm just offering Too much that human I, trust. I think that um, my personal kind of coming to this is that we have adopted and been living by rules as a way to feel some sort of control over this uncontrollable thing. This is also true. And so when we have this opportunity to sort of like relinquish that, when the problem is not solved, there are people who are going to cling to the rules that they have been living by all year to make themselves and their community feel better and feel safe. And I think it's a little bit of an illusion. Are you saying that I'm living an illusion? No, I'm just saying that like, <clears throat> I I think, I mean, especially when, you know, Pfizer just released that like variations of this virus up into a certain extent, obviously, but like variations are still uh, resistant or I mean, the vaccine is still resistant to these variations. You yeah. know what I mean? Like um, I'm more concerned, honestly, about the fact that we have patents on these vaccines and that India is in fucking crisis because of the greed of some people. Yikes. Um, so while I think the CDC mandate is a slippery slope, I'm more concerned that the people that are actually dying and don't have access to the vaccines at all. So 
That's yeah. That's where that's I'm important. at. important. I'm concerned with the fact that the CDC is in Atlanta. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's that's where it is. I mean, I guess I'm also just like, all right, all year there has been this leftist thing of like, listen to the CDC, listen to Dr. Fauci, listen to the CDC, listen to Dr. Fauci, and then they say something that doesn't completely align with what they think needs to happen, and then it's like, don't listen to the CDC. Make and it's like to me that's like a cognitive well, distortion. Well, because the I'm CDC like, like dropped the ball very early on. Like they didn't instill a lot. Of, I feel like they did something. I watched a documentary that uh, they were shady. But what was shady was the way in which the CDC was silenced and to not produce fear. Mm-hmm. And that was the current. That was because of who was in office at right, the time right, 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 right. silencing. And the CDC makes. I mean, it's a government entity. It's going to make mistakes. Obviously. <laughs> and a government entity is going to be more concerned with profit than people. It always is. And I just don't think that saying people who are vaccined or people who are vaccinated don't have to wear a mask outside is like not a ridiculous thing. That's true. Half of y'all wasn't wearing a mask outside anyway. I, that's so the, you know that's what? The it's point. fine. That's the point. It's fine. I'll keep wearing mine. That's great. I'm just saying that like with if all I'm doing is going outside to walk my dog, I'm not bringing a mask with me. Like. Oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, I what I'm going to do. Exactly. Exactly. See, that's what I think this is about. I don't think it's so mm. much about like when we're outside of our home. It's like, literally, it's just like, especially in New York, you know what I mean? Like people were having, because of the proximity that you get on subways and just being outside. But like in Portland, to go outside, if I see someone walking, I can walk to the other side of the street, which is also six feet away. Like, I'm, I'm just saying that there's like, I'm not living in a place currently where, well, also I'm vaccinated, so that's how I feel. But <laughs> I'm also not living in a place currently where, like, stepping outside of my house puts me in direct proximity with people. And I think that's what it is. It's the scenario. Like, I think that makes complete sense because I definitely walk out of this house to walk blue. And I'm just like, no mask. I will just cross the street if somebody's coming or yes. walk in the middle of the street. Yes. But part of that is on purpose. And part of it is, like, I just, I fucking forgot. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, I essentially <clears throat> consider a walk around my home still kind of part of my home you know what i mean like you don't own the land outside your home i don't but i it, which is why i don't like try and maintain my ground if i'm the one without a mask i'm the one that's gonna move i was joking i know <laughs> sorry <laughs> what were you saying <laughs> we got intense there for a second you know? sorry we're back um <clears throat> yeah no i just i don't know i feel like i'm gonna wear my mask y'all should still wear your mask like i agree and the CDC should not be in Atlanta. <laughs> um, also, we got fucking Caitlyn Jenner out here in these streets. One out running, here <laughs> running for governor. And then one is being asked about the myriad of trans laws that are coming forward. Um, one specifically in, in Arkansas, which we talked about a little bit about like trans kids and who's allowed to play on what sport and also the genital inspection that can happen. Um, just bullshit. But Caitlyn Jenner comes out and is like trans kids. Um in girl or trans folks in girls sports isn't fair and like a quote upholding of title nine one i just want to name this is not a real issue this is not a real issue it doesn't happen and if it happens it is so limited and rare and a misunderstanding of the science of what testosterone blockers do yeah like it just doesn't doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense that this is where anybody's focus is at right like i don't it's (laughs) and it's just caitlin jenner giving us the perfect example of why queer desire to assimilate is like mm. not a political goal of ours like that is, that should not be a political goal of rising to power because once you do that you you're you lose your brain mm. and like that old ugly bitch can rot i fucking hate her 
I was making all kind of faces over here. Sometimes I wish we had like a video podcast. Maybe that'll be face two. <clears throat> no, we shouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I want it, but we shouldn't. But no, what, fuck Caitlyn Jenner. Like, maybe that's Patreon content. Oh. Video version. OnlyFans content? No, OnlyFans is out. Patreon's in. Sure. <laughs> what do we listen to? There's a lot here. Uh, let's okay, see we, we listen to through. a lot of things. Yeah. Um, you go first. Well, I am just um, really loving this new Willow song. Uh, it's called Transparent Soul, and it's like, it's just rocker babe. It's like yeah. building on that. Um, Travis Bar- Parker. Yeah, yeah, is featured on it. Um, it just, it's solid song. Oh my God. Solid songwriting mm-hmm. and this blending of what the sort of warped tour feeling of 2006 but made modern i think it's like it's a blending of those two things i think a part of that is like the distorted vocals like pushed back a little bit that's very like now um Mm -hmm. i don't know i think it's cool i think it sounds great and i love how supportive Jaden is of like of willow and i just I think she's cool as shit and I'm excited to see if this really takes off and this sort of like resurgence and focus on black girl rock. I think it's so cool. It's great. I had a moment while I was in LA where I was listening to, I do not know the name of that album, but her last album, I think. Yeah. Um, and A, I was just like, whoa, there were bops on this, like left yeah. and right. The songwriting, the lyrics were amazing. Yeah. Um, this song I like, I mean, it definitely sounds like 2003 sure. a little bit, but I'm into it. Um, Tanache alert. <laughs> I love to get to one. No, 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 no. Is that, no. The, is that the alert? <laughs> if we have the rights to that song. Um, no, she she has another, she has a new song with Shift Key called Love Line. And I've decided oh, yeah. that whenever Tanache releases a song, I'm just going to let y'all know because. I feel like Nojen told us about the song and I listened to it, but then. Oh, really? Yeah. A couple weeks ago. And yeah. I also thank you, Nojen, for um, he put out a playlist playlist a collaborative one called the f word and it's um it's all just like really um like day party sort of like sunday summer day party is this that like vegas edm yes. playlist yeah it, but it's the f word i i've listened to it, i've listened to it on my ride and on my drive it. over here this morning it's like very like you're moving it's great it's great oh yeah um what, what do you feel about got? this song? Love Line. How do you feel about it, though? You just Oh, I just wanted to shout it out. I mean... <laughs> okay, work. <laughs> We're just breezing through this. Um, um, Jesse Wears, Please. New song, Please. I have not heard this. It's so good. There's a, there's like a single edit and then also like a, you know, a art edit or whatever. But it's very, very good. It feels very much like just a part two of the last album she did. It's mm. like, it feels like a continuation of that. Um, she got a lot of praise for it. If I was her, I would have do the same. It, yeah. it sounds really good. Um, this Your Power and Billie Eilish song. Um, have you heard it? Yeah, I don't dislike it. I don't dislike it either. It's like sleepy. It's, yeah, it's and, Billie Eilish. Um, for me, I'm like, what I like about Billie is bad guy, the crown song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to see more of that because I liked the juxtaposition of her singing beautifully and singing about very serious things with this sort of playful, noisy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rock background, you know, like with some I pop, a little bit of yeah, tinge I, of pop in there. Yes, it's like I know she can sing. There are other people that can sing. Yeah. This song is very beautiful because it's like, I, it sounds a, like about an abusive relationship of some kind, an abuse of power. It, it's a beautiful song. 
And I'm just like, I don't want another Sleepy Billy song. I know she can sing and I know she can right. songwrite. I want fun from her. Cause I just like, wonder, she's cool. I wonder what the second album is going to be like because I feel like everything I have heard has been Sleepy. Yeah. And I don't think I could tell any of those songs apart if they all just played no. like back to back. Exactly. She's like, um, cause like it, it was like when she ended the last era with when the party's over, mm-hmm. she ended that by like, that's the song she performed everywhere. Yeah. And then she disappeared. She came up with that sleepy ass Rosalia song, which is like a beautiful song in the euphoria episode, but is like, I'm yeah, never going to listen to it again. No. And this, I'm like, I'll I'm going to never... miss this. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 she's hella talented and it's just not the music that I want from her, mm-hmm. but like, who cares? She also just came out with this British Vogue shoot and it is so fucking gorgeous so so beautiful i feel like billy eilish makes um <clears throat> elevator music for gen z okay sure um mickey blanco is coming out with a new mini album and has a new track called love me um it's very cute i mickey blanco is one of those people that just like really helped shape my understanding of what is cool what is gender fuckery and uh i've kind of always been a little bit down with catching anything that they do that's new um Tell me about this Don Richard. <sighs> Don Richard. Uh, so she just released her album. It's called Second Line, and I'm obsessed with it. I've been listening to it like every day since it came out. Um, I, it's is it okay that I hate her name? It's okay. I it's a too. terrible name. I do too. <clears throat> it's she sounds 82. Her name should just it should just be Richard. Yes, but I. Oh my god. Yeah, that would. She be should so just smart. do that. But yeah. Oh I my think, god. I didn't so realize smart. that she is from. I guess. Either she is or her family is from New Orleans or okay. from Louisiana. So That's a New Orleans name. I get it. Yeah. So I think that's why. But also there's a lot of that in this album. Like she oh, cool. just about every track starts with some sort of like Horns. voiceover or her talking to somebody in her family about New Orleans or about Louisiana and like their family cool. or dance or like relationships. <clears throat> and it's great. I don't know. I like it. It's like an equal mix of like fun bops like i'm going out like i'm actually gonna go out and do something and then like sleepy stuff like towards the end which is how i prefer things yeah like sleepy songs ballads should go at the very end of an album so i can like not have to get through those when i want to hear the good stuff yeah (laughs) or like have some sort of thematic break between two bangers yeah she also has a lot of intermissions which is i hate albums that have like 10 intermissions and like four songs i'm like what are we breaking up here what's happening sure i mean it's just a it's a reason to sell an lp instead of an ep but you know whatever oh that is what she did yeah but she i was mean releasing like two i'm excited to listen to this more i the song that i that you talked about a few weeks ago i liked um and whatever was playing in, when i walked in was great you like so yeah i'll listen to it on the way home yes i don't dislike it i'd hate her name um cool <clears throat> quick honorable mentions so we can just move on to tv and film these are probably going to go on the playlist but not worth talking about so dj khaled released a new album that is not going on the playlist um i the last just, good D- dj khaled song was uh the rihanna one yeah how's it go wow wow wow, wow. Yeah, yeah yeah that song it's like the, when that song came out you listen to the first time and you're like oh i'm never gonna not love this song Yo, it, no it's it, you heard it the first time and you're just like this is ear toxic like it is rotten my brain the same way it. that maria maria is stuck in my head and i never i don't know dis- what she is what's that what Maria, 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 the whole song that Wild Thoughts was sampled off of. Oh. You didn't know that? No. 
Or I did and I forgot it. Oh, shit. I, do you know what I forgot? <laughs> <laughs> you would I, never disrespect Santana like that. Yeah, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. That Maria Maria. The, the, the yeah. riff. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah okay. My okay, bad. good. Yeah, I know. I was I know worried. My bad. I was worried. I think it's one of those things, though, of like, I recognize the guitar, not the lyrics of it, though. Okay. You know? Yeah, they don't, they're definitely not saying And that thing. also came out at a time when I wasn't like allowed to listen to music. Anyway, but, um, yeah. Do you know what I forgot hmm. was that there was a Say So remix with Nicki Minaj. <laughs> so it was the anniversary of Savage. And then people were like, this was like the Stan Moore Twitter <laughs> of these two songs. And I literally sat and looked at that and I was like, I think I'm learning today that there was a Nicki Minaj remix to Say So. And then mm-hmm. I remembered once I listened to it, that I listened to it once. And we talked about it on the podcast because she says that dumbass there bisexual line. There you go. And I was like, I was like, oh, now I remember why I never listened to this I'm going to be like, did you block it out of your I memory? D- I literally did. I literally <laughs> did. You I, brought it up. <laughs> I saw Say So featuring Nicki Minaj and I was like, when did that happen? And then I remembered that I blocked it out because it was a stupid fucking song. Oh my God. It was. It was stupid. Uh, also, DJ Khaled's album is not amazing uh there is a song with megan the stallion and you all know how i feel about megan the stallion uh the verse is great the rest of the song the rest of the song is trash so i don't know listen to that song um price tags the cryptogram remix by jasmine sullivan like the jesse j song price tag (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) no no (laughs) this one's actually really good there's like a it feels a little like a k tronada mixed with cool jasmine sullivan Cool. Which is nice. Um, and also shout out to Jasmine Sullivan singing the national anthem at something. I don't remember what, but she did that. She did that. That was like last Friday, I think. Okay. Whatever. Y'all need to respect, put some respect on Jasmine Sullivan's name. I All have right. respect for her, but not the national anthem. How about that? Okay. That's fair. Um, Keep Moving by Jungle. This just popped up randomly on my Spotify. It's sort of like a, it's like a disco feel. So okay. I don't know. Down. Listen to it. And I feel it, like we're in the era of like this is music to move to. Yeah, like it's like, let's get it. I'm ready to dance. Yeah, me too. It's been too long. Same, same, same. same. Hey. Um, <clears throat> last honorable mention. I can't believe I'm saying this out of my mouth right now. Mm. There's a song by Iggy Azalea. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm going for it. Okay. It's called "Sip It." I like it. Okay. Because it's simple. Okay. She's not doing the most. And I think her songs with Tyga are actually pretty, like, good. Any song without Tyga, I'm like, what's going on? But I feel like... Do you remember that song she did with Britney Spears? No. I blocked that out of my memory. That's fair. Um, okay, <laughs> let's move on to TV and film. Uh, so... You got this because I haven't watched anything but The Circle. Okay, so let's talk about Circle Season 2 next week when it finishes. Okay. Because there's the finale that needs yeah, yeah, to happen. Yeah. And I feel like... It also gives people who are behind. If you did not like Circle Season 1, like I did not, I promise Circle Season 1 is better. It is still very stupid. It is a dumb show. Everyone on it is pretty much very stupid. And I watched all of it, and I can't wait to talk about it. I like the resistance. You watched the finale? Well, no, the finale isn't out. out. No. I thought it was. They have up until the last episode right now. Oh. So they have the final elimination and you get into the top four or five, but okay. we don't know after that. Um, that comes out on Wednesday. Anyway, so we'll be able to talk about it next week. Um, I just want to... HBO Mayor of Easttown, Kate Winslet, she's got this, like, accent, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's like, small town. She's a cop. She's, like, it's... I don't know. I... I don't know why I like it, to be honest, but it feels like this really big... 
I just realized, like, also that, like, three of these things are about, like, women going missing. Um, Fun. <laughs> but, the Gone Girl effect. Uh, truly. Um, I would say I'm really liking Mare of Easttown. It, it's a prestige drama. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm liking it. Cruel Summer is the show on Freeform. It is, like, not only their biggest show. It's also on Hulu. I'm watching it on Hulu. But it's not only their biggest show, but um, I just had to really talk myself out of telling the story about why I'm angry at Hulu again for the way that I could not find this show. <laughs> like, and what I'm about to tell you is wild because like, it oh my is, gosh. it is their most, um, it's like one of the most watched teen dramas ever. Really? Yes. And so not just oh, for, shit. not just for Freeform, but like within the demographic and it's been in Riverdale. It's huge. It's okay. huge. Um, Gotham girl. But what it's about is about this girl. She has a birthday on July 4th and it's over the course of three years. So 93, 94, and 95. Mm-hmm. And it tells this story kind of not linearly. It's sort of like, and it, you can tell by the colors in their costumes about like which area you're in. Okay. But it jumps in and out of the story of like what is going on. But, but not in an annoying way like Pretty Little Liars did. Because that got confusing. Sorry, I, think I don't want to go honestly, on that Honestly, it may be something like that. I... Pretty Little Liars did not, uh, I liked it, but I just, it was like by the time that I wanted to watch it, they were on season four and I was like, oh, I'm just not going to do this, mm-hmm. which isn't any, you know, it's just, I lost it. Right. Um, this feels a little bit more manageable. The only thing I hate about it is that it's not bingeable. It's like, it's coming out week by week and there's some things I like that I think work, but it's doing the thing of like cliffhangers mm-hmm. and I, I hate that. And we just, I don't know why we're doing that in this day and age. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it's on Freeform until you know there's going to be like 25 episodes. I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't really know anything about that other than it's there, but it's airing on Hulu right now. Things Heard and Seen is this movie on Netflix where Amanda Seyfried goes to a house and I will say... Watch it. The trailer is bad. I almost didn't watch it because I was like, this is a stupid ass movie. It The trailer is basically like, have you seen Amityville Horror? Us too. But mm-hmm. it's like, oh, mm-hmm. let's move to the country and the house does things to us. Um, the way that it encounters that sort of trope, I think it does it really, really well. And it essentially becomes about the ways in which men manipulate and harm women. Like that is like what it's about. Wow. And Amanda Seyfried's beautiful. And I wouldn't say it's a horror. I would say it's more like a thriller. A thriller. Like a um, psychological thriller? Um, just like a thriller? There's a little bit of ghosty stuff in there, but I'd, it's a, and there's a little bit of blood. I don't know. Maybe people call it horror. It was not scary to me. I enjoyed it though. And wow. it was like, um, it, uh, I don't know. I I think I honestly enjoyed it because I thought it was going to be so bad and then it just maybe, maybe it's only you. maybe it's only medium but like the trailer that they put out is so terrible. I just I hate Your expectations were really low. Yes. yes you don't yes, have yes. expectations. You yes. know. That's um you're going to love this. I know. Invincible. Invincible. It is um on like Prime. Like the movie with um Brad Pitt? N- no. I don't know what that means. Oh, that's not that movie. Never mind. Ignore me. Okay. Um, it's based on the comic Invincible, um, and it's an animated show. Um, Sandra oh, oh. I, I saw a like a promo for this. Yeah. Sandra Oh plays the mom. Steven Yun from Minari and other things is the son. Um, it's my brother described it to the need this way, and it's sort of true. It's like the boys, but sincere. Okay. Um, What's it rated? Oh, I mean, the reason I love it is it's first of all, it's an animated show, but it is like one of the goriest things I've ever oh, seen yeah? in my life. Oh, yeah? Okay, like, cool. I'm Ever into it. seen in I'm my life. It. Um, it is so cool. And I... 
I talk a lot of shit about superhero stuff. Honestly, I think for me, it often works in an animated way. I mm-hmm. buy it. The minute that it is people that I know have walked a red carpet and like, I feel like honestly, superhero stuff needs to be like unknown actors for me to sort of like buy it. Otherwise, all I see is green screen. All I see is people playing dress up. All I see is millions of dollars. Uh, like, I just don't. Yeah. The spectacle does not work on me. I just see them being hung up on strings. Like, that's what my brain does. When I think about the production of it, I'm never lost in it. Mm. When it's an animated show like this, I'm like, cool. This is so cool. I'm just in it. It's interesting. I that's, buy it. It's half thought about King Kong versus Godzilla. I was like, I have to suspend a lot of disbelief yes. right now. Yes. <laughs> but Invincible on Prime, it is it is one of the coolest shows. I really, I really, really, out. really enjoyed it. <clears throat> I um I actually watched like 30 minutes of Mayor of East Town because um shout out to Chris and Michelle, who I was in LA with. Um they were watching it. Yeah. And I remember I walked out of my room and was like, what is this? Why does Kate Winslet look normal? Disheveled. Disheveled. Yeah. <laughs> Why she look like she like didn't sleep last night? Um, yeah. She looks how, how she looked at the end of that movie where she fucks that child in the German movie. The Reader. Oh, The Reader. I never watched that movie, but I read the book. I did both. Mm. I honestly really liked the movie, but I don't know how I feel about it. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> what was your experience with it? <laughs> Just that like, I was like, what's going on when it was... <clears throat> when it was only like oh she's a cop whatever whatever and i was like oh i don't like cop shows so i didn't actually pay any attention to it yeah. but i do like kate winslet a lot and i like kate winslet looking disheveled yeah i will say that but the reason that i'm not i know this isn't correct my brain sometimes makes a distinction between a cop show and a detective show they are they're they're okay. not different oh so she's a detective right okay that's she, what it is and also though it's about a small town so it's like She's more like, she knows every single person in the whole town. And so people talk to her by her first name. And she like does the things that you sort of want police to do, which is sort of like try and keep people safe potentially, or like work with the people in a way that you know them yeah. on a solution for the people that they love. Like And like, I mean, if it's a small town, I assume, I assume it's like, she's part of the community. That she's right, and I mean, you know, not universally loved. In fact, like not extremely loved. Like, mm-hmm. but it's. I'm not saying I'm not defending cops or like anything like that. I'm just offering that like my brain sometimes can make a distinction if it's not portraying cops in a way that's like look at this person do their job well. Yeah. Like if it just is more like this is the job that this person has happens to have, and the way that we're able as the audience to learn more about the murders or the disappearances in this town is by having this be the kind of central character that those things are revealed. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and just like her accent work, it's just like, it's fun to watch. But I will say it's a very gray-blue colorscape, so it's not a good sleepy time show. Like, it, I feel like it's hard to watch if you're tired because it's, it's not colorful. Oh, wait, you know so I mean? it would put you to sleep. Yeah, but not in a boring way. It's just like, you know how that sometimes grim color palette can just be hard to like look at when your eyes are tired? Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Like when literally everything is a gray, sort of. It's like gray or blue. Yeah, I like you know tune I mean? out. That's what it is. Like yes. I like I just stop paying attention to what's I going on. I think it's on. like a good... You, do, you can't really watch it if... A, a sun window faces your TV. You ah, know what I mean? But gotcha. I will say it's like right after sunset. Like as soon as it gets dark. <laughs> but don't wait until like 11 Not to watch, start watching it. Not exact times to watch Mayor of East Town. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
Okay. Brought to you by Maddie TV Guide. Oh my god. All right. Tell me about this SNL Elon thing. I, oh so, my god. I actually kind of love it. It's like. So this happened last night. Do we know? No, it's next weekend. It's the 8th. Uh, uh, yeah. It's Miley and Elon. Miley and, and Elon are going to be on SNL. Um, allegedly, apparently, a good chunk of the cast does not fuck with Elon Musk because good. Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, so I guess they wrote something up saying that like they're not going to force anybody to like share scenes with him or like be on the same be on the stage at the same time as him so then i think this past weekend he took to twitter to like get skit ideas they were so bad they were bad but also it's just a funny thing where it's like irony man was one of them irony man um tesla but like what was it like rude essentially Oh, just bad ideas. Weird. But that's what happens uh, when you source screenshotted it and quote tweeted it and was like, uh, show your hole. <laughs> doesn't even make sense. But um, but yeah, like he's sourcing, he's sourcing skits off Twitter and apparently people don't want to work with him. So I'm excited to see what SNL is going to look like on Saturday. Like I'm kind of, a, I kind of wish that Miley could just do both roles. I don't understand why. She totally could. I mean, she's literally an actress. Yeah. Like that's why we know her. I think, Maybe I mean, she didn't want to. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they... Or they couldn't afford for her to do both. Well, I feel like probably what it was is they knew if it was just Miley Cyrus, men wouldn't watch. And so they bring on a man to sort of validate. I guess. But it's like... What is it? May? SNL's going off in like two or three more weeks. Like, whatever. It's just so stupid. I just... And fuck I, Miley Cyrus I also just don't this. get it. Like, why... What... Is he like what did Elon Musk do? I mean, I know what he did, but like, what is he doing? Like, he's why do literally I literally just working with Bill Gates on keeping patents, and then they're trying to hoard their wealth to go to the moon? Like, literally, that's what that person is known for, and making shitty cars. Did you read that oh, Tesla yeah. thread? Yeah. Oh my god! I'll and I watched that in... TikTok of the person that upgraded the car for two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars to go point six so miles would, per hour, faster. and it wasn't even running. It wasn't even a going point six miles per hour faster. It was running. Like an uh, operating at point six. Oh yeah, speed. you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. so, it's not just like like a like sixty percent of the speed it should be at. Right. Essentially, yeah. Like just the the TikTok we're talking about is this person who like gets in his car and is like, "Look how easy it is to upgrade your Tesla," and he's like, pays two thousand dollars on Apple Pay to upgrade his car, and it's like, you're you're trying to show me that that's a good thing. You're trying to show me how cool it is that you can upgrade your... Ew! I should never... Also, I should never be able to just drop $2,000 via Apple Pay at just like uh, at my whim. Yeah. That just shouldn't be a thing, especially for a car. That's like... Right. What? Um, Yeah, Tesla's... That's wild. Um, Last few things before we get out of here. Um, In the Free Britney movement, an update has like another thing. As of the last court appearance that it was last week Brittany will finally speak in court for herself she was granted permission uh after making several requests she will be speaking for herself in court in july that's huge we don't know for sure honestly how that's gonna go potentially she might even if she's still under the influence in this way that does like she might say i still need it like we don't know what that's gonna be and i think that that's gonna put the public in a and people who love her and are trying to fight for her in this weird spot of like well if we say that she has autonomy and this is how she's using that do you trust that do you continue to like you know i don't know i don't know we'll see what happens in july i also just want to name that there's like four documentaries coming out (laughs) about free britney and it's like 
One of them has Perez Hilton in it, who wished no, Britney dead no. many times. When um, Heath Ledger died, he literally just put up a post that said, why wasn't it Britney? Like, why is per- Perez Hilton in this conversation what? at all? There's a petition going around to remove him from the BBC doc. But essentially, it's just like... I mean, now, is it going to be him like apologizing? Probably not. I Or, you know what? I don't care. And even what I, was, what yeah, I'm bothered by it. is that like, there's a difference between trying to showcase the ways in which we have socially failed Britney Spears and then doing it again, making five or six documentaries about this person without this person's input is just the same shit we did to her, but quote woke. Yeah. It's like, it's the same shit. It's the same thing. It's gross. It's so gross. I mean, there's a part of me that is interested in what they offer because the one that was, was that NBC news? Uh, It was ABC. Okay. There's an element where, you know, that's owned by Disney. They are also culpable in Mm. the promotion and, you know, all of that of her. So, like, there's an element of, like, eh, I want a little bit. But I was willing to wait until after some of this trial stuff was done for her to be able to be interviewed, for her to be able to be involved in it. That's what I want to see. You want her Tina documentary. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I do. Like, I Um, would prefer, I mean. Or even a Demi Lovato one. Like, where she's in front of the camera saying how she yeah. feels about what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, otherwise, we're still making money off of this person's That's pain. what I was going to say. It's still the typical, like, cash grab. Like, Free Britney is this thing that's happening. And then ABC made their little one-hour special. Because it was that wasn't really, like, a documentary documentary. Right, right, it was right. more of just, like, a news report. Right. Um, and they got a bunch of, like, attention for it. They right. got a lot of media. Like, they got a lot of promo for it and which I is feel, good if it serves her but now right it's but I, now it's one of those things where everybody else is looking at it and going like oh i want a piece of that money too yes. like i should make a doc about britney because people are gonna watch it especially when she isn't allowed to speak but her lawyers who are trying to keep her in the, her in the conservatorship are allowed to speak yeah there's a certain skewing of that narrative that's going to happen there's just I just don't think any autobi- autobiography biography autobiography is written by the person. Uh, a biography, like a documentary that does not involve the people that are like the topic of that documentary shouldn't be made. Because it's just, at that point, it's just heresy. Like you're just regurgitating something that you've read elsewhere. Or maybe you are doing some investigative like journalism or whatever. That but- is where I was going to say, like, I mean, I think some people get documentaries made about them because they're evil. And then, of course, they're not going to tell their side of the story. Right. Or like because they don't need to. They don't get that right. Which I've never understood. I mean, I get it. But like also it's weird yeah. publicity stuff to not. I always think about that Scientology documentary. Um, because I had a friend who was like kind of backing Scientology up a bit. Oh no. And I was just like, the Scientologists have all the room in the world to like come out against this if they want to, but they're like not. So what am I supposed to believe? Anyways, that's a whole nother topic. Sorry. I mean, okay. I had to process what you were saying, but I get it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, Olympia Dukakis died. That sucks. Um, So is it weird that I didn't know who this was? No, not really. I mean, uh, I think that you would. I mean, I still Magnolias is one of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. Um, So Weeza, like that, like that character, I just I adore. Um, And specifically her delivery of the line Weezer and the slapping of her, etc. And then she's also in Moonstruck. Moonstruck, yeah. Um, But uh, I learned those things today when I clicked on this link. Yeah. I think you'd recognize her face if you don't know. She was a great actress. Um, she also was in um, 
the show about San Francisco gay people. She Oh looking. No. <laughs> the one that with Elliot Page. That was on Netflix, and it was the revival of the stories. Oh, um It's like Miracle on Forty Second Street or something. <laughs> that is not what <laughs> close enough. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about though. Yeah. It's like a gay miracle on in San Francisco. But essentially, I mean she plays this she plays this, you know, older trans woman, you know, like and Okay. And ha- has been involved she's a friend of the of the the you know the gays um okay also there's a lot we don't know about this but i just before we get out of here there was a pose so post season three i think airs tonight it's like the final season Mm -hmm. which kudos to everyone involved in the um production of the promo stuff it has been so on point and celebratory of these people and in la there is a pose billboard. I lie to you not on like every corner, good, and good. it's amazing. Like, I mean, the, they look I, gorgeous. I wish that they would have gotten this coverage before they were quote going out. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. wish season two could have gotten this, or season one could have gotten this. But you know, okay, FX and the network is pushing it as like everyone watched this final season. Hopefully, it'll make sure that the people, you know, involved get more work. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said. Janet Mock, um, author, journalist, uh, writer, producer, we uh, essentially a trans figure at mm-hmm. this point. Icon. Yeah. Comes to the post party, gives this 15 minute speech in which she says, fuck Hollywood. She talks about how Hollywood doesn't treat trans people well. She criticizes the writer's room of Pose and how trans people were only in it after being pushed to be in it and they aren't a central focus of it. She talks about how she's only, I mean, LOL only, but um, making $40,000 an episode as this lead producer. I mean, which like LOL only and also within the industry that is being sort of underpaid for to be a head producer. underpaid, yeah. Right. Um, And then in the middle of that, she asks Angel Poppy to stand up and then confesses that she's been cheating on him with a younger crew member, which Angel Poppy's already young. So how young is this younger crew member? Okay. And then <clears throat> a production assistant for uh, sure. And, and then uh asks him to not leave her because of it. And then goes on another like tangent and consent continuation of the ways in which trans people are ignored in Hollywood. The thing is. She says a lot of things that are absolutely fucking correct. Mm -hmm. And I hold a little bit of, I think that is still radical and cool to sort of be public with what your fucked upness is. Because I think if you're going to point a lot of fingers, you have to expect how those fingers are going to get pointed back at you. And I think in some ways it was kind of her like being like, you can't take, you can't hold this over me. I'm going to let it. But you got to, you got to, you got to be strategic about that. Strategic. You got to focus on one thing. And you can't offer this in the middle of a speech because you just look drunk and unhinged. Yeah. And potentially there is something serious going on. So I do want, I'm not trying to make light of it. And it was like the juiciest piece of gossip. Because oh, no. there's like, no footage of it. Yeah. It has just been reported by people at the thing that have like, were writing about it. Because it was a post party. Of course, press there. is going to be there. I but like, on the wall. I'm, she has not said anything since it was reported that it happened. So I don't know if she's gone silent. I don't know if she's like having a PR nightmare. I don't know what's going on. Oh, there's on, definitely but... a whole team right now. Stress the fuck out. Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like the stuff that was said 
I mean, we all know sort of not we we don't all know this, but the inner workings of like Hollywood is shady and like people of color don't get paid. You can damn well bet that like transgender folks aren't getting paid. Right. Like nowhere near where they're probably supposed to be. But I she made a lot of good points. I feel like this is this resonates with me because it's almost like the black thing where. I'm angry and I want to scream all these things, yeah. but I can't. I have to like focus on the one thing I need people's attention on to change. Because yeah. if I if I say it all, then I'm the angry black man. Right. And I feel like what what she did, it's like, hey, I get it. Like I don't I hope everything's okay. I don't yeah. know if like she had a really tough day, if something went on in her family, in her life, whatever, yeah. but and I don't I, I don't think it's gonna be like a good gr- thank God there's no video of it, but like I yet. still don't think it's going to be, yeah, and I don't, it's just, it's not going to be a good look for her working in that I, industry moving and, forward. And that sucks because, like, that's exactly what we're all saying about Hollywood. Yeah. Why shouldn't someone that has gotten to that point be able to say it, like, and give the person who's already gave her the platform a finger and <laughs> be able to be like, yo, Ryan Murphy, you fuck, thank you and fuck you. Yeah. I think that is, like, a totally valid stance when you are working in an oppressive system. And what does it mean for her to only sort of kind of, quote, care about these things when she's not the one making the most money? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, why in season three is she feeling able to do this because she's not getting the recognition that she feels like she should rise to? And who else within that cast and crew and writer's room and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is also trans and being underpaid that she's not speaking to until it's her money that's being fucked with? You know what I mean? And also, like, what does it mean for her to be abusing her power and fucking younger yeah oh, potential no, that's int- like th- that's something that i don't want to gloss over you know what i mean like as funny as i find this and serious and sad like i find i blend all of those things together containing multitudes i also am just like girl i need to <laughs> i need to hear more and it was just the spiciest thing i heard all week and i, I had know. to talk about it um, <sighs> let's take a break <laughs> all right we'll be back Welcome back, listeners. It is time to do the work. You ready? Yeah, take a deep breath. Yeah. We've been taking a lot of deep breaths on this episode. Um, all right, so this is a two-parter. Uh, we said that at the beginning of the episode. We are going to transition sort of out of the what anxiety, stress, and adjustment disorder is into the how to deal with it and how to sort of tackle it, how to resolve some of those feeling some of those thoughts um and if you remember we initially decided to talk about this because maddie and i have a lot of life changes coming up um and we're aware of those changes coming up and i mean i think that that in and of itself is probably one of these techniques we're going to talk about but like being able to predict uh in a way sort of predict adjustment disorder i mean Uh we see it coming a mile away so like what can we do now right right um I think that when we're thinking about this, there's this example of I'm moving and I'm watching this stir up in me. And so you're talking about like these warning signs of Mm -hmm. like, you know, which I offered to you last week, too, that we may not be predicting the step into this disorder, but we are like able to notice better our natural cycles, you know, especially coming from 
a traumatized place or coming yeah. from like a space um you know we have anxiety and <laughs> depression and then but not everyone has trauma related disorders you know but that can be a part of it and you know technically adjustment disorder lies underneath that so what i think we'll be thinking about in this episode is tools we've used in the past mm -hmm. um from various disciplines and also tools we would have loved <laughs> and like and what has been adapted over time and then just also like as we exit kind of a conglomeration of things to throw out in your tool belt and also resources to point you to to do some further explanation if something that we say is like i'd love to learn more about that so because we're in podcast mode and because we also don't want to be here for nine hours we're not going to go into great detail about every single one of these but i think it is important to think about what could one do <laughs> and and yeah. like there will be a couple of these that we have more intimate experience with that i think we'll be able to yeah. speak we're not going to leave you hanging out there no 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 we'd nar. never do that um so okay so last time you moved mm. one of the many times <laughs> yeah that was what are you six. what are you noticing what feelings are you noticing that are coming up that resemble the previous feelings that's a great question. Um, I think that for me, it is this this feeling of uh, I don't know, like I, fear. I've learned is one of those things where it happens because I I can't actually predict like what's gonna happen. I think that for me, it's about the sort of. I don't know what happens when I get to LA, and like same thing when I moved here, same thing when I moved anywhere. It's like I I can't necessarily build or make a framework or a plan or a agenda whatever yeah. like for that life because it's literally impossible to predict the future exactly right um and even attempting to do so would just be me trying to control the situation exactly right which causes more sort of anxiety and stress mm -hmm. so um which stems from a lack of control in childhood yeah, yeah there we go <laughs> and i'm figured out um no but it's Definitely like this this feeling of I don't know what's what's coming up. Like I don't know how this is gonna work out. I can't say I'm gonna enjoy this. I can't say yeah. I'm gonna hate it either. Like right. I, I have no idea. Um there's the other things in there too, just like and this is actually one of the techniques I feel like. Uh I always do this thing where I'm like, Oh my god, what if I don't make friends? And it's like I always make friends. I always find a group of people. I always have some sense of community wherever I've lived. Mm -hmm. So it's just funny to me that even now, like thinking about LA in the next few months, I'm already like, oh my God, what if I don't have any friends when I get there? Yeah. And like have to like have an internal dialogue with myself to say, look at your, look at the past. Yep. Like you have, you have something here to prove you wrong. That literally says the opposite. Yeah. That you have moved six, seven, I don't even, I don't know how many times I've moved, but it's tons. a lot. Yeah. Tons and tons. And every single time, A, I've been fine. Yeah. B, I've grown, and I've also always had, like, my community and my group. So right. so this is specifically taking the route of, like, a CBT, a cognitive behavioral mm -hmm, therapy mm -hmm. route of seeing, acknowledging what feeling you're experiencing, and then offering potential other evidence to that thought. So you sort of treat that thought like a... I don't know, like as if that thought were on trial. Right. What, what is evidence for and against this thought, Your Honor? Yeah. And you're like, get bang, bang, bang. Here's some details or something. You know, like, um, That's you know. That's cute. That was like a Disney movie. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> because I think that also, well, we'll talk about that later. But um, 
there's this idea that you can say, look at how this may be true and look at how I'm potentially dipping into this other larger cognitive thing that rules my life around perfection or mm-hmm. around control or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I also think it's important to offer folks that tool of cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't always work because sometimes there isn't exactly the opposite evidence, right? Right. So it's about this trust that happens. And I think that's something that's cool that you're able to be offered right now is that instead of going into that decision or that feeling relatively hopeful, you can actually trust your past self because you have now a set of life experiences where you have previously leaned into that trust to offer that thought of like, Girl, no, look at all the last nine times. It's been fine. It's been fine. But like, I bet it was much harder the first time. I bet it was honestly even a little bit harder the second time. Because in order to get the evidence against something, you have to try. You have to do. You can't. You're never going to get the evidence against it if you don't attempt. Right. And that's and it's interesting because I the word that keeps coming to me is reality testing as well, Mm. which is um Reality testing more so has to do with, like, you having thoughts about a situation or a person or whatever, and then you just, like, confronting that person and asking them, like, what's up, like, for real? Um, and am I just building, like, a fantasy world in my head, like most of us do? But to your point, I think that there is some reality testing here because, again, it's it's I'm having the dialogue with myself internally, but it is me asking my or telling myself you've got this, like, look at all the other 10 times. Look at, look at what's happened in the past when this has happened, when that's happened. Yeah. Um, something else that I find interesting about CBT, um, and about ways of just sort of like calming anxiety is to understand that anxiety is a feeling and what are feelings? They are fleeting. Mm -hmm. I think, I do think we all know that. Uh, it's why we don't make decisions based on feelings for the most part, because who knows how you're going to feel five minutes later. Mm -hmm. But anyways, that has also been something that, uh, has just it's resonated with me i don't think until just now like seeing it written out in front of me like and understanding that it is an actual technique that that's what it is but i think that i have always sort of approached big life changes or just big change in general with like and this too shall pass like however i'm feeling right now is not going to be that way for the rest of my life it's probably not even going to be like that for a month i'm probably going to sit down and watch tv and completely forget about something and go right back to whatever i was doing but um this idea of just like feelings being fluid, that how you're feeling in a moment is just that, like in the moment, mm-hmm. um, it's also really, really helpful, which yeah. I also think speaks on some mindfulness stuff as well. Yeah, like feelings are fluid, feelings change. And another thing that is tied to that for me is this idea of like, <sighs> we learn that more by facing the feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, the more that you experience a sort of hint of a feeling and then you do everything in your power to suppress it that actually takes up so much energy sometimes more energy Mm -hmm. than to sit with the thing and it also tells your brain that that thing the more that you suppress something you're giving your brain data that that is something to be feared yeah so it's going to cause the we can maybe do another episode on sort of the neurobiology of stress and anxiety one day, but mm-hmm. um, you're giving your brain data more and more and reinforcing your brain's information systems that 
when that fear comes up, oh no, danger, 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 danger. Yeah. And that's what the reason you sort of started trying to suppress it in the first place. But one way to actually move through that is to sit with the discomfort, to name and sit and notice. Yeah. Because a lot of this stuff, um, and I name that as a sort of first step because like with cognitive behavioral therapy, like unless you start doing this sort of thought catalog, which is another like sort of a worksheet, and if you don't start doing an, a, you know, thoughts, feelings, emotions, behaviors, kind of awareness thing, you're not going to be able to do the thing of saying feelings change. You're not going to be able to do the thing of like letting something be and then acting differently. You're not going to be able to do that because mm -hmm. your body is still in the elevated state. You know, there has to be an element of acknowledgement. And I think that's the case for the CBT stuff, the ACT stuff, the DBT stuff. All of that takes a little bit of like, allowing yourself to notice and sit with it yeah you know that awareness is it's just so important like across the board i mean obviously we're talking about it in relationship to adjustment disorder and stress and anxiety but i mean i you don't know it by now like just becoming way more aware of like your thoughts and feelings and behaviors like in that moment um opens up a door to like a whole nother place to be able to change and like grow um and everything within this too whether it's CBT or whatever skills we have, there's a, a deep, 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 deep importance to treat yourself kindly and graciously yes. within it. Yes. Because if we're talking about traumatic reactions, which adjustment disorder can potentially be, you know, you having a sort of delayed reaction that like could become trauma if we don't work through it and move through it in a healthy way, or we're experiencing adjustment disorder because of previous trauma and we're having trouble adjusting to these other things that remind our bodies of this previous moment. You need to be able to treat yourself kind, kindly and graciously because we're trying to work at progress, not perfection. We're trying to think... Ooh, of, say it again for the people We're trying in the to work at progress, not perfection. Because if we are sitting here thinking that we can get all these tools and say, okay, now I have the stuff to implement and then we get bummed out that we don't implement it in the right way or that a tool we use doesn't work for us. And you're like, Oh man, that's so stupid. The kids on that podcast said it would be fine. Like, and uh, like, obviously that's an exaggeration, but there's an element of saying, if this is where you're at in the present moment, I just need you to, the underlying thing in all of this is offering yourself some fucking love. Like the whole point of doing these things to sort of help us get better is because we care about us. Yeah. It's because we find that this is not an acceptable state of being. You know what I mean? And that's why when, and that's super important because that internal dialogue that you have with yourself, um, it, it really does come down to how you frame it to yourself. Like, how are you actually talking to yourself? Right. And just like, a example, like for my personal life is I used to, whenever, ha- whenever I had like a, a negative thought or a thought I didn't like want to be thinking about. I used to take I used to say to myself internally, shut up, Sean. Like that's not even just shut up. Right. It's taken a few years for me to realize, like, stop telling yourself to shut up. Like that's not this is such a disrespectful thing to say to yourself. So instead, it's it's been me learning to sort of say, I get it, you have thoughts about this. Yeah. But like there's no evidence to the contrary. Or if there is, it's like, okay, that happened. But it wasn't the end of the world. Also, the more time you sit here in your head and think about it, like the less, the more you're taking away from just dealing with the thing. So, um, and I mean, 
another example is Sunday Scaries. I think if you want to implement this stuff that we're talking about, I feel like Sunday Scaries is such a such an easy way to go about it because I think a lot of people have anxiety about going back to work or school or whatever on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all this pressure on Sundays and a lot of people want to avoid the thought of like Monday or having to do work or whatever. Yeah. Um, and a lot, what I've learned is that when I just accept the fact that like I have got to, like I'm going to work tomorrow. Yep. It is Sunday. I have to do it. I have to do it. But here's what I'm doing today on this Sunday because it's today. Work is tomorrow. Right. Right? And if I offer myself grace and kindness and relaxation now, that isn't going to make tomorrow harder. It's going to make the rest of this week easier. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas if you do the opposite of that, if you're too busy, like worried about work on Monday and just like, oh, it's Sunday and it's just the last day of the weekend or whatever, whatever, it's going to make the idea of work or school or whatever on Monday morning that much more anxiety driven. And if we think about how these feelings move through our bodies, Mm -hmm. you're literally exhausting your muscles before you even have something to do. Right. So not only are you showing up to Monday, "Eh, I I partied over the weekend or whatever. Right. You've also been... In my work with clients, sometimes I'll be with them for two hours. And because we're doing really intense things about dealing with their anxiety, we can start a session. And the truth is, all we're doing is really talking and trying things and facing some of these fears and thinking about them in different ways. But because we're putting ourselves within anxiety and like trying to deal with it, that can literally exhaust people. So like I'll be with folks and like they're up and ready and you know yes it's an intensive outpatient so they're not necessarily functioning in like the happiest state all the time but like are able to face that but by the end are yawning because their body has been through something and they're like why am i so tired and the truth is when we are really doing this work it can be kind of exhausting Mm -hmm. but sometimes mental health and honestly something like skincare too uh is like the more payoff comes in consistency and the long run. So like we might have this immediate thing of like it's easier in quotes to suppress an emotion and move on or like spend the whole Sunday trying to be like, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, shut up. Like oh. yeah. when if we had took 20 minutes to kind of mourn the fact that it's Monday to just like sit with like the planning that we might need to do to make ourselves feel better to sit with it and know like, hey, you know what? This is how you felt last week. And honestly, by Wednesday, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Doing that, it does take 20 minutes of work. Yeah. But it allows you to enjoy the rest of the fucking day. And it only and it also only feels like work because nine times out of ten, it's the first time you're like doing that and like you're having that conversation with yourself and you're really like sitting with it. The more often you do it, A, I think like the quicker you get through the feeling, not in a way where like that's what you need to be aiming for, but yeah. like I think you'll just start to notice that like, oh, this didn't last as long as it normally does. Right. When you're just dealing with stuff head on. Right. Um and when we're thinking about adjustment disorder, specifically sort of having this presentation of symptoms that is not just an anxious presentation, that is one of the presentations. Another of the presentations is a depressive symptom. Mm-hmm. So it's not about mm-hmm. stress and anxiety. It's about feeling like everything is fucking shit and you've lost access to your joy. And like, so if we think about acceptance and commitment therapy, which is sort of built on ACT, um, you were kind of talking about this earlier about, you know, when we're thinking about thought diffusion. So... ACT posits that we have these thoughts that 
are so fused to emotions and behaviors that when we have it, we have these automatic jumps to things. So we have an automatic feeling in our body of anxiety or whatever, or depression. And then that makes us jump to we'll never be happy. And then because we're never happy, we forget to bathe for three days. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like that, like, is it like, so there's like a triggering. It's, it's about triggers and, and, but essentially it's saying that we have these thoughts that we're so fused to. And if we work on neuroplasticity, if we work on being able to have some flexibility within our brain and that takes time it takes effort it takes yeah. giving it new data we can learn to defuse from these thoughts so the the tool is called thought diffusion and ways to trick your brain into doing it are i don't suggest the shut up one but <laughs> one is like literally thinking your thought so if you're having this thought of like everything's miserable blah 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 or like i'm disgusting or no one loves me or whatever thinking your thought and it it sounds strange to say because what you're thinking is you're saying i appreciate mind body soul spirit that you're trying to let me know that i'm not in a good place right now Mm -hmm. i i thank you thank you for that you need to get on your way yeah but thank you another thing is like you talked about this one like saying your thought in a funny voice before um and there's also this practice of mindfulness where it's literally just this continuous practice of letting thoughts potentially Sometimes people think about it as passengers on a bus where you're on a bus and you're watching people come on and get off. Some people like the like clouds on a stream. Some people like clouds. But what we're doing is we're allowing our brains to see thoughts as products of our brains. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're, right. Give, we're letting it know that this is not something that equals this, which equals this, which equals this. We're defusing the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors from this automatic thing that kind of comes up. Want to get real woo-woo? Yeah, what? Your thoughts are not reality. Right. That wasn't that woo-woo. But yeah. But they're not. I mean, your thoughts are thoughts that live in your head. That is, they are there. Yeah. And until you... Until you put those thoughts into action or... I hate saying allow because I know it's not this thing where it's like, okay, yeah, I just like say yes or no to certain thoughts. Mm -hmm. But, um... When you, but when you do, when you allow those thoughts to control emotions and control behaviors, that takes you further and further away from the current moment, the present moment, which is what we all need to be living in. Right. And it only gets you closer to feeling more depressed, more anxious, more like this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to work out the way that I want it to. Right. And I think part of what you're saying there is like, Okay, so maybe thoughts aren't part of reality. I think there's also sometimes this goal and this false goal of CBT that I can like sort of learn to control my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I think a much more honestly easier thing to do, sort of, is learn to accept that you'll never control your thoughts. Yes. Like like stepping into the reality, like if we're thinking about acceptance and commitment therapy, this is also a little bit part of DBT in terms of radical acceptance, but it's this accepting the present moment and then making decisions to move toward values and choices that I have. I'm accepting that I'm never going to have control of my thoughts, but what I can do is engage in this practice that I know works for me. Or what I can do is even if I'm having this thought, I'm going to act despite my feelings and I'm going to get up and brush my teeth anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm going to decide that I may not feel like I want to do this, but instead of fusing so wholly to the idea that this is what I have to do because this is what I do, try 
doing the exact opposite of what you're thinking you're supposed to do. And there's also that thing of reappraisal that you're talking about where it's like, instead of thinking, you know, I'm failing at this, it can be changed to I'm having a difficult time with this mm-hmm. or I'll get it eventually. Or th- instead of this should not be happening to me, we all face challenges. And here's one of mine that I'm going to get through. You and know I, what I mean? And I always just love, and I, I mean, do it. I feel like always in those little statements with like, and I'll be fine. Or like, everything will be fine. Yes. Because everything will be fine. I think that sometimes we want things to be great all the time. And sometimes we need to accept that like, we yeah. can't control every situation and some things are just going to be okay. Yes. And when we're thinking about radical acceptance within DBT, we're not saying we're good with it. Right. Part of what we're accepting is that we're not good with it. Like it's, it's, but it's, but it is saying instead of sitting in this anger Mm-hmm. Especially with adjustment disorder, because sometimes that can be anger and hostility that shows up with a lot of people not adjusting well to the situation. So they're just so angry and they're blinded by this rage that is motivating their life. It's not saying that you don't have something to be angry about. Right. It's not saying that the world has not offered you something terrible. And I think that goes back to what we were saying last week about this idea of like, is adjustment disorder really kind of this fucked up thing and naming of actually very normal reactions to how terrible this world is? You know what I mean? And mm, like, mm-hmm. so when we're thinking about radical acceptance, it acknowledges that we all have choices and it sometimes comes down to choosing whether or not we're going to accept the reality of our situation. You can choose to say miserable about the situation or you can choose to accept it and then figure out what you have control over. So instead of fighting with control over everything, sitting with and recognizing, I don't have control over this. This fucking happened and it sucked. They broke up with me. There's nothing I can do that can change that. And I can sit here and be mad at that person or be mad at myself for not being the type of person that they wanted me to be. Right. Or I can sit with the fact that like, I'm fucking broken up with, it's true, it sucks. Now what, bitch? Now what? What What are we gonna do now? Now what? And that, and I mean, we're not talking about like, like victim sort of whatever it's called like playing the victim but i also just want to say that when you start accepting things you also stop playing the victim in situations and in a weird way feel a little bit more in control even though you're not controlling anything no you know because i feel like it, it's playing not the victim, about control right but i like victimization sometimes and i mean this in the sense of like just everyday things not you know actually like victims of crimes um victimization in that sense uh i feel like comes from this place of i had control over everything and then this one thing didn't happen the way i wanted it to why me like why didn't this one thing happen the way that it's supposed to in my reality and or potentially that and sort of the opposite which is like maybe you are the victim of something maybe you are bitch yeah. And that is horrible. Yeah. And if if you could come out of your body and give yourself a hug, you deserve that. And I hope that you are being loved in that way. But if we're experiencing some type of victimization that also isolates us, what can we do to sit with the reality that that is true? And I, I now have choices in it of what I'm going to do to build myself up, to get connected to things, to get honestly... Sometimes being future oriented is not what we need when we're suicidal. That is not mm. what we need. We, what we need to be is how do I get through right now? How do I accept that my 
I am in a space that sucks so much that my brain is telling me that like, you know, call it. And like, instead of trying to jump to that space of like, what do I have to live for? And like all these things, it can really just be like, you know what? (sighs) Something horrible happened to me. Or this adjustment disorder, this time in my life is so very, very hard. And I don't want this to be my end. I I don't want this to be how I go out. So thank you for letting me know that I am in a space that is not cool. And let's take a deep breath and try and get to dinner. One step at a time. Let's try and feed ourselves, see what happens. Right. Let's take a shower, see what happens. And speaking of feeding yourself... um... We'd be remiss not to mention the vagus nerve, which I actually don't know much about. (laughs) (laughs) Not that. Okay. Um, So, okay. So when we're thinking about trauma, we're, um, we can go into this more another time, but the vagus nerve, it's the longest nerve in your body. So it connects your brain to many important organs throughout your body, including the gut, um, heart and lungs. So, and we're talking vagus, like V-A-G-U-S, not like Las Vegas. Exactly. In fact, the word vagus means wanderer in Latin, uh, accurately representing how the nerve wanders all over our body. Um, It's also a key part of our parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system. So within the amygdala, the thing that can kind of make our fight or flight kind of reaction, the parasympathetic system can kind of allow us to like come down from that mm-hmm. and that na- vagus nerve is partially responsible for that um and those, it, that also takes care of all the things that you're not um that you're like not aware of that your yes. body is doing like yes. breathing digesting food like keeping your heart running right that's your parasympathetic but i mean super important because that stuff has to stay regulated yes so you need to eat exactly <laughs> you need to bathe exactly so if we breathe th- if we're moving away from these more mind-oriented interventions, how can we think about ways that we can work on our body? So there's some specific, and because of how many types of things we're talking about, we have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of resources in the doc this week that are a mixture of YouTube videos to um, articles to uh, just websites that kind of break these things down. journals. Yes, all, all of those. these things. Um, but there's simple exercises. So like um, there's one that you can do where you like reach over your head and then touch your ear to your shoulder and then make a slight turn. And what you're helping do is make this alignment of this vagus nerve work a little better. Mm. By doing some intense breath work, we're giving more oxygen to our body, which can, if we're working on our posture and these things as well, we can tell our body that that tension that we're holding does not need to be held. Mm. And so we can be working along that vagus nerve. So many um, times I forget to just breathe exactly. in the middle of the day. Exactly. And like, so I just think that there's in, in connection to the vagus nerve too, there's also like DBT stuff of tips. So like thinking about temperature, which is that kind of like plunge your hands in cold water or mm. put your face in cold water. There's intense exercise where we just like interrupt the systems in our brain that is telling us bad shit and we just run in place for 30 seconds yeah. so that we're resetting what's going on. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's like paced breathing and paired muscle relaxation where you kind of can work on tensing and holding and then release. Tensing and holding and release. I'm just, I'm naming these things quickly because I think it's very important to think about the ways we can work on our mind all we want to. Our body remembers shit. Oh yeah. Our body holds holds shit. And so it's important to do both in order to be someone who can step into these things and access change in a different way. And it's important to eat and sleep. Yep. Because I don't know if y'all are like me, but half the time that I'm stressed out or going through it, I'm like, oh, it's because I haven't eaten anything today. Right. Or like, oh, because I slept four hours last night instead of like eight. Right. Um, you can't skimp with those things. They're literally like at the uh, bottom of Maslow's pyramid. Right. We'll talk about that one day. And I but think like, that you need if, those things. I think that sometimes our thoughts, the first thing that goes is that. Yeah. It's eating, it's sleeping, it's taking care of ourselves, it's hygiene. And what happens is the longer that we don't do those things, we're telling our body over and over and our mind over and over that we're not worthy of doing those things. Mm. And so sometimes acting despite... Matt, are you you preaching over here today? Sometimes I think part of acting despite our feelings is saying that despite feeling like shit, I'm going to treat myself as if I'm not shit. I'm going to eat this thing or make this food. I'm going to color i'm going to draw i'm going to do something i enjoy doing yeah another thing that isn't really involved in these skills is like making a schedule for yourself that includes meals includes bedtimes includes reminders to drink water like Mm, i need all those things putting visual reminders up when we aren't able to think about those things setting alarms in our phone these are all things that like may seem like that is a lot of management and it is it is not everything should be used this is not to say take all of these tools and you, you're going to be exhausted if you do that. Yeah, no, don't do that. Try one or two of these things. Feed yourself. Work on some sleep. Start with that basic, basic stuff. A lot of this other stuff will come easier when our blood is flowing better, when our breath is back, when our body is nourished. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Your mind, your mind is only going to work as well as you're treating your body. Amen. Wow. We talked about a lot of things. Yes. Obviously, Seaver Professional is within that as well. I think that we just wanted to spend one episode not focusing on going to see a therapist as a a tool of action. Because <laughs> Could you imagine? Today's work is, I don't know, go talk to your therapist about it. Oh, my God. Shut up. Okay. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost ready to come back again. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. I feel like it's been a dense episode. Dense feels like the right word. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about something not dense. Your meds. What are you taking for your meds this week? Um, a little atypical, I think, than how I normally approach meds. But oh, wow. um, I am just holding gratitude for myself for pushing dates back. I had a, um, I have a big, 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 big licensure exam <laughs> coming up. Oh shit, you have that exam? Yes, I have that exam that I moved a week because I was like, you know what? I need this moved a week. Yeah. And then we moved back when we will be moving a few weeks um, just because of kind of putting into practice what we were thinking about earlier. Mm -hmm. This recognition that I am stressed as fuck right, right now. I told you last week that I was having these reactions to things. And I think in in recognition of that, in recognition of where I am in my body, knowing that I needed more time. Mm. And so I gave myself that time, and I'm grateful for that. Look at you. 
that was like a that's like a grown up decision you made. <laughs> <laughs> um, my meds are pretty simple. I'm back home, thank God. Uh, I I mean I say that like LA was terrible. I loved LA. It was just I was there for two weeks. I miss my dog. I miss my bed. I miss my friends. So I'm very happy to be back in Portland. Yay! And I got to fly first class for free from LA to Portland. And I know some of you bougie bitches been flying first class. This was my first time. What a fabulous. I hope Fergie is never a guest on the show. Okay. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. what? Uh, homework time. Homework, and let's get out of here. Uh, this shouldn't be a surprise. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to review the life challenge you wrote down last week. Because remember last week I told you to write down a challenge, explore how you felt in that moment and what you did. Um, based on this week's episode, what we we're talked building. about, we're building, uh, based off of what we talked about, based off of the, uh, Rex and Resources doc, I want you to find a technique, skill, therapy approach, um, that would have been helpful in that moment back then. Um, or if you don't want to go about it that route, uh, alternatively, alternative, oh my God, alternatively, wow. Mm. <laughs> uh, you can also just write down the approach you took in that moment uh, when you were having that life challenge uh, and then see if it just by happenstance like falls within one of the techniques or skills that we talked about yeah. it may not it may because um, if it works for you let it work for let you let it work for you yeah, yeah. exactly I, like I love to say there's no right or wrong everything is just information that you take and apply um, and then I sound like the beginning of a reverse. Oh gosh, <laughs> it could be. Um, and the then you got two. You have two homeworks this week. Your second homework is drink water, eat, stretch, and sleep. You should be doing that every day. But I'm like really reminding you this yeah. week. Do those things. In Your fact, body right needs now, them right now in this moment. Grab some water if you don't have any. Yeah. And then also take a deep breath with us. Okay? We're going to do We're going to do it. 3 in, 3 out. Big 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 thanks to Allie Kiltz. Oh my god, Allie. Uh, you got to see Allie. I got baby. to see Allie baby and I got to see Floyd and I got to see Elementary. Um love that. I'm very envious when you all FaceTime me. I was watching tv in the dark but um you know i was excited to talk to you um big thanks to um carlos and kiana for socials and design and uh just getting our shit together honestly and thank you to marquis and chauncey darling for letting us use their music um i honestly just remember this did you hear chloe bailey covering um no be careful with me it. I have not heard it yet, but I heard about it. Okay, listen. We're going to listen to that. That's how we're going to end the episode, folks. Uh, we love you. See you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Care for me, care for me. I want to get married like the Curry, Steph, and Aisha shit. But we more like Belly, Tommy, and Keisha shit. Gave you TLC. You on a creeping shit. Poured out my whole heart to a piece of shit, man. I thought that you would have learned your lesson About liking pictures, not returning taxes I guess it's fun, man, I get the message And you still stutter after certain questions You keep in contact with certain exes Do you know? Trust me, nigga, it's cool, though Said that you was worth
working, but you out here chasing chulo and putas and pusa, living two lives. I could have did, but you did do me, do you a few times. The only man, baby, I adore. I gave you everything, what's mine is yours. I want you to live your life, of course. But I hope you get what you're dying for. Be careful, me. Do you know what you're doing? Who's feeling? Get the whole world, but is it or the girl that you lose? And be careful, me. Uh, it's not a threat, it's a warning. Be careful, me. Yeah. Got a fragile label on it. Be careful, me.